Hey everybody, it's Maylee Thomas. Time for another Texas Homegrown Music. And my guest today, Ben Danaher, who I got to see live a few weeks ago at a show, and I so enjoyed his music, I had to have him on here. So he's going to be my next guest. Before I bring him on, though, I'm going to do a song for you um, called More Than Enough. And I, I wanted to let you guys know about something that's coming up, some shows that we're going to be playing on. And it's a benefit show on February the 3rd. It's at the Credit Union of Texas Event Center in Allen on Friday night, February the 3rd, with my good friends, the Speaker Wars. This is a boots and barbecue benefit from Guns and Hoses Foundation, which helps the police and fire that men and women who've lost their lives in service for, um, for us. And this is a chance for us to give back to those families. So if you guys want to see my band and if you want to see my good friends, The Speaker Wars, on February the 3rd, please go online and get your tickets. Um, they're, uh, they're through Ticketmaster, but you can look it up, Boots and Barbecue Benefit Concert um, by Guns and Hoses Foundation of North Texas. And I hope to see you at that show. So here we go. I'm going to sing a song for you called More Than Enough. And we'll be right back with Ben Danny here right here on Texas Homegrown Music.
Here we are back on Texas Homegrown Music, and my guest today is Ben Danaher. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So for all you listeners out there, um, just to let you know how this all happened, I had the privilege of going to a show at the Gar Hole, and man, what a lineup it was that night. I never did find out how you guys all got together, because for me to go to a show and get to see Billy Joe Jones, Ben Danaher, Jamie Lynn Wilson, and Courtney Patton all in one night for a very reasonable price ticket. I felt very <laughs> fortunate. And more than that, I got to find a new person that I really dig. And that was you, Ben. I'm telling you. Uh, thank you. What a what a fun night. And I don't know. I, has anybody ever talked to you about doing stand-up? Because, dude, you are funny. No. Uh, my wife's over it. <laughs> <laughs> Is she? <laughs> but, no, she's, she's good. But, uh yeah, that that's the only probably one that would say no to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I don't blame her because um, the thing that I see about it, and, and uh, there's some people out there that know this, my, my husband and I actually have actually done some stand-up this past year. Oh, really? Yeah, you, just because it's we, we have this whole gig called Maley and the Mayor. Obviously, a mm-hmm. lot of people know me from my music, um, and, uh, and he is, you know, he's played guitar in my band for 30 years. Um, he's still playing in, the, in my band, but he's the mayor of our city. And so we thought it would be funny to just have a couple of nights that we did um, for a fundraiser. And we we really just got up there and kind of did our own life and, and just talked about the mm-hmm. funny things that go on, kind of like a Sonny and Cher kind of vibe. And That's awesome. boy, I'll tell you, you got to have some thick skin to do stand up <laughs> and, and talk about your spouse because stuff oh, comes yeah. out, you know, when you're going, <laughs> well, when all right, there, I got to come great. back on that one. You know? <laughs> so, and you get deeper and deeper. So I don't blame your wife if she doesn't want you to do stand up. I get why. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, who's uh, good at stand up is the, the Jamie and Courtney show. Oh, I'm it telling you. One, one thing after another. Well, and, and But I felt the same way about you and um you know oh, just you. I, your 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 music is very deep and it really does cover a lot of um you know a lot of serious a lot of serious conflict in people's lives and of course love mm-hmm. as well and I, I will I'll throw that out there but I thought it was kind of a fun comic relief how you um you know you brought some laughter into the intros to some of those songs well you got to break the sadness up Somehow, you know, it's a, it, like a 45 minute set of nothing but sad songs is going to drive people out of the business, you know. So um, is that what you is that how you feel about your music? You think it's a bunch of sad songs? Uh, I think it's it's pretty heavy a lot of times. Um, and anytime somebody asks me to play over a 90 minute set, I'm kind of like, I don't know if you guys have the stamina for that. You know, like it's like, I don't know if anybody does, you know, especially with an acoustic guitar, it's like, it can only be so many, so many speeds, you know? And, um, but no, I, I, I enjoy playing heartfelt songs for people, especially in rooms like the gar hole where they're going to pay attention and, and, give you the energy back that was a great great night well and i that's that's what i love these days um about going to shows where i know that it's not a full band 
because I mm-hmm. feel like um, certainly it depends on the venue, but I feel like a lot of people um, understand that it's kind of like a storyteller's night and people have sure. the freedom to uh, hear, you know, just what was the impetus of the song and how, you know, how you came with uh, about with it. And we kind of get to know the mm-hmm. kind of get to know the um, musician a little bit deeper and a little bit more. And I, I kind of think there's sure. more of a connection that way. Totally. Yeah, I grew up listening to this troubadour singer-songwriter guys, you know, and so well, I studied like every live show. I, I used to watch those ACL live tapings from uh, the theater down there in Austin and like, and then hearing Todd Snyder records or something like that, where I just like grew up idolizing these guys who would just be able to be so charismatic in between their songs and and the crowd is just in stitches laughing and, and uh I always wanted to do that, you know, like that's the dream for me was to get up and, and just be the guy who everybody wanted to listen to and had something in, intelligent and funny to say, you know. Well, I was but, interested um, in knowing what was your influence and um, what, you know, just uh, quickly for, for my listeners and for people that don't mm-hmm. know about Ben Danaher, um, tell me, you know, when did you know and how did you know this was something you really wanted to do? Still, I'm still trying to know. <laughs> um, no, I, I grew up in a town called Huffman, Texas, and my dad and my both brothers were in, in music. My dad was a songwriter, and my both brothers played drums and guitar. And um, I, I caught the bug pretty early from them, you know, wanting to learn how to play. Uh, I, but I, I went to college. I didn't really learn how to play guitar until, like, my senior year of high school. And then when I went on to college... I was living in San Marcos, Texas, and uh, I met Kent Finley down there, who was a great um, mentor and um, kind of a hard charger for the singer-songwriter scene in Texas. And um, I let him kind of show me how to be a songwriter, you know, and, and perform. He gave me my first 50 to 100 gigs at Cheatham Street Warehouse. Okay. And, um, and uh, you know, like I was kind of just doing that circuit for a minute you know my brother played guitar for a guy named pat green down there and it oh, was some a, some little old guy named pat green <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was crazy to watch at the time because it was right at the height of pat's um the biggest part of his career you know like and i was a senior in high school and my brother was they were playing you know five thousand person shows and i was going to it like holy moly like you can do this like you can do this for a living you know because all I had known is my dad's struggle through the music business, you know, and and um, and and so I kind of spent a lot of time in the Texas country scene after college, you know, trying to trying to make a name for myself, and it wasn't connecting the way I wanted it to. And um, there's a songwriter in Nashville who's from the town I grew up in named Alan Shamblin, and he is like in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he wrote. I can't make you love me for uh, Bonnie Raitt and the house that built me and all these huge songs. And, um, he kind of was like, you know, who are your heroes? And I told him Rodney Crowell, Guy Clark, Towns Van Zant, those kind of guys. And he was like, guess where they all moved, you know? And so it made sense to take a little stint into Nashville and, and try to meet more people. And one of the first shows I got to, when I got to Nashville was watching Chris Stapleton, play for like 50 people and wow. I was like blown away at like how you know if, if that guy's just crawling around this town and what else is here you know and and uh not to knock Texas because there's 
Some of my favorite singer-songwriters live in Texas. Well, dude, you know, what you just said about your heroes, and he said, well, they all mm -hmm. came here. Um, You know, you're still Texan. I hate hate to... Oh, no. (laughs) No, I know. You're you're not going to get that out of your blood, right? Proudly, (laughs) proudly, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, so you moved to Texas. I mean, you moved to Nashville to, uh, you know, to hone your craft, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more about learning serious songwriting and and not because texas didn't have it but because that was a job for a lot of people in nashville and it's like they show up at 10 a.m and go to work and leave at five and and i think any kind of work ethic like that creates better skill and then you can go you know if you don't want to write the type of songs on the radio you don't have to but um i was hoping to go um sharpen the tools and then and then go out and tell what i wanted to tell with those skills. Well, I think you've done that. Oh, thank you. I, I do. Still I, working on that, you know, like that's, that's a, it's a hard thing, you know? Well, I, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, when, cause sometimes they'll say, well, I'm still trying to get there. And I'll say, well, are you playing music? Are people paying to come and see you? And are you, do you feel like you're getting your message out that you, you're being authentic? And they'll say, well, yeah. And I said, well, then what else is there? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, what's really going to change? Honestly, um, sure. the venue may be bigger. The crowds might be bigger, but the music should be the same. Yeah, and it is ultimately. I think I think as human beings, you know, we're ambitious and, and it's easy to feel like, stagnant whenever things you know like you plateau you hit certain levels and uh, I took a break from Nashville for a minute and I felt like I was living in Vermont with my grandmother and like you know like every song I would play her was great but like that was the only feedback I was getting at all (laughs) and I I called Alan and I was like I feel like I'm being worse at songwriting and he's like his response was no I feel the same way it's you're standard gets higher and then you want to you feel bad because you're not exceeding it and it just comes in these growth growth periods and and um and the same is true for like your your career path you know i feel like you you go through times where it feels like everything is kind of moving and like you have a lot of things people are talking about and then all of a sudden there's a period of time where nothing's being talked about and you're like I'm worthless. Like this is, you know, it's like you get these, these dark feelings that you you shouldn't be doing it, you know? And it's, it's, you just got to keep the wheel turning, I think. Well, um, you know, and it's, I'm glad you said that because it's that way for everybody and everything in their Mm -hmm. life. And you really have to get to a place where you believe in yourself enough to just keep going regardless of what the feedback is. Right. Um, Because some people, you know, are out in the country and they don't see any people and they're out there writing and they don't have any feedback. (laughs) Um, We've gotten really lucky um, in the last, you know, decade because of social media and the ability to put our music Mm -hmm. out there and immediately get some kind of feedback. But shoot, when I was growing up, if if you weren't playing in church or sneaking into a club, you really didn't have any feedback at all. Right. Um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. And until you were in a band and, and, you know, that that takes a little time sometimes to, to pull all that together. So. Well, sure. I, I tell you, I really dig your style. I dig your music. And I want to play a song for our listeners right now called The Actor. Um, mm-hmm. Give me a little impetus. It, it, this this song, I, I think you said something about um, you felt like it was in a, you were writing about an imposter syndrome or I can't remember. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that's everything we just talked about. You know, like it's in... Um, 
the the curse of social media these days is that you see everybody's highlight reel and so all you do is you watch all of your friends get opportunities and like you're happy for them but at the same time it kind of overshadows like what you have going on and you can feel at times like man maybe i've been just getting lucky and like people are gonna make me and like figure out like you know like should he be doing this? Is he, you know, how did he get that opportunity or whatever? Like those thoughts crawl into your head and, and it's, it's easy to feel that way here. Um, or in around people that are doing great things because, um, who am I to, you know, have any success? It's like, I feel very lucky to be able to do it, but at the same time, I don't know. I think, I think if you start feeling like you got it figured out and, and things are good, then it's a bad time. <laughs> well, I, I, I tell my kids all the time that you never really arrive in life. You're, I think you should mm -hmm. constantly be evolving and changing. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm not the same person at all that I was uh, as far as, you know, things that I know um, 20, 30 years ago. I look back at, at things I've written and things that I, uh, you know, I used to journal a lot back then and I read some mm -hmm. of them sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was, I feel like I was so lost. <laughs> but at the mm -hmm. time, you're just searching constantly and you continue to do yeah. that. And I think that um, once we understand that, we'll be satisfied with a life that we continue to learn and grow and change. So well, yeah. I want to play yeah. this song called The Actor. And for those of you that are listening, so Ben is um, working on releasing singles a little bit at a time and an LP by, by the end of it, hopefully by the end of this year, I'm sure that you'll have oh, yeah. have yeah, it definitely. done and have it all out there in one um, place for us to buy. But until then, keep listening and finding his music, downloading it. I promise you it'll it'll speak to you. It certainly does speak to me. And we're mm -hmm. going to play the actor right now. We'll come back and talk about that and some other songs that he's got releasing and um, perhaps where and how you can find him in an area. Um, because I tell you, you got to come see him live. I, I just love mm -hmm. it. I, I love being with these um you know, these musicians one-on-one -on -one, and I feel like it's one-on-one -on -one when I see a show like I did the other night with you guys so Ben Danaher right here on Texas Homegrown Music the song is called The Actor and we'll be right back his place. He knows how to change his face to fit the scene. Then he goes home wishing he was like the man upon the screen. And he wonders if they knew that off the set it's just another show. Stay long enough to let the credits roll And all the critics, they're all living in his head They get louder as he lies awake in bed Only character he's ever turned away Is the one that he was always born to play Gives a wink to the man above the sink, then goes to work. If 
they don't know who you are, then they can't leave you for who you are. He's committed to his craft, first one in and always last to leave. Tell me at what point does a mask just become who you'll always Critics, they're all living in his head They get louder as he lies awake in bed The only character he's ever turned away Is the one that he was always born to play Everybody's left and going home Maybe the worst thing yet Is he's still acting when he's all alone And all the critics, they're all living in his head They get louder as he lies awake and The only character he's ever turned away Is the one that he was always born to play Okay, we're back with Ben Danaher, and that was the song called The Actor. You know, um, covers everything as far as how you feel about what you're putting out there. But I'll tell you, just because of my experience of knowing so many people that have what we would call arrived, they all Mm -hmm. have those demons. They all struggle. They all wonder if they're doing enough or, you know, they compare themselves with other people. And I think that's probably one of the first places that we make a mistake. And I tell my kids that all the time about what social media does. Everybody's putting out their best work or their best look and um, they're filtering the pictures and they're, you know, they're thinning out there. You know, there's I I tell my kids all the time with what we have the ability to do now and especially Uh with um, CI and, and, you know, all of this Uh computer Uh imagery that's out there. Don't believe everything that you see, you know, it's not necessarily exactly how it is. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that, and and because of it, we look down on ourselves. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad for the the people younger than us that are coming into the you know middle school with hormones and feeling like like it was uh, enough time be feeling self conscious about yourself whenever we were that age without social media and then seeing kids these days have to deal with that and then bullying and all of it is, is a, a scary place. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's good to get checked every now and then. And, but 
you know, realize it's not all, it's not all real. It's not all roses. It's not all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. you know, I, I tell my, I tell my children, if you didn't have the sadness, then you wouldn't feel like the happiness was so great. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and so you're going to have that anyway, but to have that in front of you all the time to have, you know, seeing everybody's successes and all that they're doing. And I think more than that too, is the, the comparison on life with oh, money yeah. and without yeah. and or you know sure. where where you know where do we want to go with this it's like i remember reading um cuz i run a nonprofit i remember reading some notes from kids and we we specialize in kids in middle school asking them you know where do you see yourself in 10 15 20 years where would you like to see yourself and all of them were saying i want to be famous and i want to be rich Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't remember feeling that way when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I I, yeah. I don't re- I don't remember having that be you know the quest of life. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know our society's put a lot of pressure on wealth um, in general. But like, yeah, I don't I don't remember feeling that way either. I remember feeling like we were lucky. Um, we were poor, but I felt like we were lucky. You know, like we had enough of what we needed, and it was cool. That my dad was a songwriter. I, mean, I didn't know how much money he made, <laughs> and he by far wasn't famous. Um, but it was, uh, yeah that that's a scary feeling to to see the youth wanting to be famous or to chase clout in like a way. Uh, I see those guys like uh, the bigger country artists. I'm like, I would, I don't know if I would want that. Like to walk out of my front door and somebody's waiting to catch me on a ring cam, you uh, know, or something. It's like. Like I, I wouldn't want that life. I totally agree. I have people ask me all the time about my um, career, and and I tell them, you know what? I love that I can still go to the grocery store in my flip flops, no makeup, and I don't have somebody mm-hmm. out there taking pictures and plastering it all over somewhere, saying, "Hey, did you see? You know, Bailey, yeah. blah blah blah." I just right. Yeah, I I love the anonymity, and I and I, but I still get to do music, and I still get to play for people, and so to me, that's sure. that's the best best life ever right um yeah to still get to do something that we that we love to do well um speaking of get to do something that we love to do uh, did your dad t- discourage you from going into music or was he i mean i think i remember you telling me at one point that you played in a band with your brothers and you guys were or something about you were doing music early on yeah, no, he didn't discourage it. Um, it was it was funny. I got a degree in teaching, and so everybody wanted me to to go follow a, a structural thing because they knew how hard the music business was. Right. Like we, you know, I watched them play gigs for tips and like it would shoestring bills together and like that kind of stuff. Um, and so I, it was weird and I kind of ironic that there was like a little bit of a, a pushback on on joining the music community, but, um, everybody's been supportive, you know, um, since I've gotten to Nashville and like, it's, it's, uh, I think your family members just want the best for you. They want you to be comfortable. Sure. Um, but yeah. Are your brothers still in music? Um, my oldest brother passed away, but, um, my middle brother, Brett is no, he still, he, he stopped playing with Pat mm, maybe five years ago. Um, he had a 20 year stint wow. um, in that band. Um, but he, um, he's been selling real estate and, uh, 
he still plays in a couple bands in in like the Georgetown, North Austin area. And he, I think he's had more fun with it lately than he's had in a long time because he gets to do it when he wants and he loves it. And um, But yeah, everybody's still musical. It's just... Yeah. Well, you know, it's in you. It's, I got the music different. in me. Isn't that yeah. the song? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. <laughs> no, and and, I, and when I talk to people, you know, we've got the guitar sanctuary, so we have a lot of musicians that come in. We also have a lot of um, doctors and lawyers and professionals that always wanted yeah. to play, and they can afford now to get the nice guitars, so yeah. they talk about what woulda, shoulda, coulda. And I tell them, you know, not, what's stopping you? You It's just as much fun to grab a guitar and get your friends around and, yeah. you know, and, and, and sing, do sing-alongs. And I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm just sure. an old kid because I still enjoy doing things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do that enough. I feel like everything has become such a business that like I was at a buddy of mine's house and he was, he was like, man, me and my friends have a, like a garage band and we just jam and it's the most fun thing ever. And I was like. I'm so jealous of that. I feel like every time I pick up a guitar, it's for a purpose of like needing to either record something or write something because I'm under a deadline and like nothing is like of enjoyment anymore. And that, Get back that to the enjoyment, kind of, Ben, because... That feels kind of sad. Yeah, you know, you know um, I'll like tell a, you what opened up for me is we started doing... Uh, we've been doing them for a lot of, a lot of years, actually. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, Clarence Clemens, who was with East Street Band, very good mm. friend of ours, we played we played gigs together for about, oh, I, our, about 17, 18 years, um, several years before um, the E Street Band got back together, because that's when we met him, mm-hmm. was when um, Bruce went off on his solo career for a while. But we started yeah. doing house concerts, and Clarence would fly in, and we'd have these house wow. concerts, and we'd pack people into our house, you know, 75 mm-hmm. to 100 people just packed in there, and, and sit around and, and play music. And I'll tell you, mm-hmm. and I played... I think probably the biggest show I've ever played was for 50,000 people. And and, and there's nothing... Wow. I mean, it, it does feel good to, to put your music out there and have that kind of sure. adoration, right? But yeah. I, I still enjoy, like I said, I liked having that um, one-on-one feel with people in those in-house concerts. I would encourage you to oh, start yeah. doing that, Ben, because you oh, you yeah. have the kind of music that people can totally relate to. You're singing about life. You're singing about the woes of life, as you say. And mm-hmm. um and and you get lifelong fans when you when you play at their home and you play an in-house concert because they feel like they know you and they want to come see you in those um you know in those bigger gigs in the future because you have a relationship mm-hmm. with them so i would encourage you to try to do some of those well i want to talk about this next song i want to play called if i did if i had have known um gosh uh, it reminds me so much of the um, song. I wish I if I, I wish I'd known now what I knew then when I was oh, younger. Yeah, what yeah. You didn't know then. Um, yeah. I I love it when we remind everybody that, like we were talking about earlier, that we're constantly evolving and learning. And yeah, gosh, don't don't you wish we'd have known twenty years ago what we know now? But the fact oh, that we God. recognize that means that we're doing something good. We're actually changing. I hope so. <laughs> I always tell the story. It's like uh, this song is is like wishing you could go back to your ten year old self and telling him to chill out because she's not worth it. Oh yeah. Because at that at that time, you know, like everything is so monumentally big, you know, and and until you get through your life a little bit and experience like real trauma and real heartache and 
Um, then you go back and you look at it and you're like, God, those are glory days, man. Like, I wish, I wish I could roll my 10 speed through the neighborhood again. And like, you know, um, that kind of stuff. And then this song I wrote with, um, a co-writer I write with a lot named Olivia Redeen and another guy named Park Chisholm. And it was weirdly through, um, Zoom. We wrote during the quarantine through our computers and, um, through about three sessions and it, it, it worked out, um, cause I enjoyed, I enjoyed every bit of that that right well so here there here we go we're here's an example of something that the social media thing has helped us with and it's all uh-huh. in the way that you use it and i, I mean i oh, believe yeah. that we can't go back we've we've got this technology now um it's just important now for us to recognize that there are things that we can do with it that are really good and there's things that we can do that bog us down and 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 aren't so great for our personality and for our life and for our struggles right sure but thankfully, um, you were able to find something good to do with it. And I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that have, that have written um, songs and recorded, you know, through platforms that are oh, yeah. because of what happened during the pandemic, where we sure. we didn't have the opportunity to go out and see each other and play. Yeah, it was like this necessity situation, you know, like I, I, I don't know if I would have even met Park. If that hadn't have been the case, like, cause he lives in Virginia and he gets to Nashville every now and then. But I think whenever he comes to Nashville, his sessions are so booked that, um, Olivia had the right. And she was like, do you want to jump in on this? And it was great. It was like one of those things that probably never would have happened had there not been a pandemic. Well, it's all meant to be brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to, um, I'm going to start this song right now. It's, um, if I'd have known then, and I'm with Ben Danaher on Texas homegrown music and we'll be right back. First time that I ever had my heart broke Was ten years old with the ace of diamonds in my spokes Mary Susan waved at me from across the road And climbed into the homecoming king's GTO If I'd have known then what I know now I tell myself That's how the world goes round Life is gonna hurt But it's worth the hurt somehow If I'd known then What I know now At 17 I had to learn a bit of truth Sometimes the ones you need the most just don't need you I helped her take down all the posters in her room And watched her drive away from me that afternoon If I'd have known then what I know now I'd tell myself that's how the world goes round His life is gonna hurt But it's worth the hurt somehow If I'd have known then What I know now 
Ten speed never shines like a Pontiac. And once you watch 'em leave, they ain't coming back. Love can be a laundry list of cold hard facts, but stick around, your luck can change just like that. If I'd known then. What I know now, I'd tell myself that's how the world goes round. And most days you're lost, but someday you might be found. If I'd known then, what I know now, if I'd known then. We're back with Ben Danaher right here on Texas Homegrown Music, and I'm really enjoying talking with you, Ben, and getting to know you. I it sounds like you've got a pretty good life there, brother, um, uh, in Nashville. I think you told me that you're married to a doctor. Yeah, yeah, my wife's a neonatologist, so she's, she works in the NICU at Vanderbilt. Oh wow, gosh, that's yeah, she's an actual I'm, I'm, living saint. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds like it. And uh, how did you meet her? <laughs> We met um, on Bumble in the pandemic, which is another going back to one of the things that probably never would have happened had there not been a pandemic. You know, I had free time and um, I was home and we, we don't run in the same circles and it just was like a a freak thing, you know. Um, so now we're transitioning out of a uh, pandemic into me touring and figuring out how how to sustain that way. But um but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a weird... her hours really weird, wicked weird. They can be, yeah. It's she'll she'll do like a seven forty five in the morning till five p.m. kind of week, and then every like second week she'll have to do like a thirty six hour overnight shift, which is kind of brutal on her. And um, it just depends on how they've got the schedule worked for the year. But so she got to know you outside of music. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's a tough yeah, one. It's hard to... Most of the time I'm talking to guys where they're talking about the girls that they met at a gig and Oh um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I of course I like I said, I've been playing in a band for three decades. Um mm-hmm. this, you know, just with my husband before that I played in a lot of other bands as well. But the the thing that I saw all the time was okay. You guys and girls meet us at a gig. You know this is what we do. Then yeah. you fall in love, and then you want us to stop what you fell in love with. So it was like, yeah, yeah that that's not going to work. But for you yeah. guys, y'all met completely outside of the music realm. Right. And so that's a little bit different story. Yeah. I'm always leery on the the meeting somebody at a gig. You know, I would rather... 
I would rather be a real person, you know, not that being a musician isn't, but, um, that first and then, and then, you know, well, maybe it's a curse. I don't know. I, I've met lots of, lots of people. In fact, my, my mom, um, my dad passed away. Oh gosh, it's been almost 15 years ago. And she met her new husband on, you know, that, that on one of those platforms. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, and they ended up meeting, you know, they talked for a long time. And then when they met, they found out they literally lived two streets away from each other and didn't even know. <laughs> That's you know? crazy. Isn't that crazy? But, um, but to be able to get to know somebody, you know, where you could talk about deep things and not sure. have to look at each other and feel weird about it. Do you know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. I'm just going to yeah. put it out there. And that's what my mom said. She said, you know, I just felt like I'm not going to play the game. I don't want to go to to the bars. I don't want to meet somebody mm-hmm. that way. And so she, she said, I'm just going to put it all out there. And if they like it, fine. If they don't, I don't have time for it, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. is that kind of what you guys did? Did you like do a lot of talking online and... Uh, it was easy, you know, it was really easy with her. Um, I think I, you know, like slowing down for a second was, was good for me. Cause it was like, it kind of brought into perspective what I, what I actually wanted out of life and, um, a sustainable relationship was one of those things. And then, um, yeah, the, the internet like world of, of online dating can be a pretty, uh, hellacious like experience for a lot of people. And I think it's like a lot of people on there just don't know what they want, and they're, they're well, and they're also doing everything. the whole social media thing where they're putting stuff out there that's not necessarily sure. um, indicative yeah. of who they really are. It's like right. just yeah. what they think people want to hear or what they want to see. And oh, oh, yeah. I've got people that I know, and I see their pictures. They're they're. I'm like, that's not even the same person. <laughs> Aren't they going to yeah. be surprised when they actually meet them? person you know? <laughs> totally totally yeah you know i i feel like i got lucky that she you know was weeding through a lot of bad experiences and then you know i tried to be normal <laughs> <laughs> there you go how long have you guys been yeah. together we've been together for two and a half years okay um, and uh we just got married in september oh so. congratulations uh, that's you. a great month to get married in by the way that's when i got married too but um, so I yeah. In, in fact, I think you have a dog, don't you? We do. Yeah, we have a, a golden doodle and and a cat. Okay. Um, it's her her cat, our dog. Oh oh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like the cat. He just pees in my litter and my um, laundry basket a lot. <laughs> It's, it's a male. You know male what he's trying to do, jealous. right? Yeah, he's telling. He's trying you, to get me hey, to get dude, out of here. Yeah. I uh, just so yeah. you know, I am the head honcho here. I know you think yeah. you are, but I'm going <laughs> to yeah. mark you, and you're going to be mine. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. I love it. Well, I sure have enjoyed getting to know you, Ben. Do you have, um, do you have any shows that you can tell us about coming up, or places that you play at regular that people could find you at? Yeah, so I'm going to um, Key West. Uh, for the Mile Zero Festival awesome. um, on the 24th. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm actually coming back to Texas in March to play at uh, The Post in Fort Worth. Okay, cool. On March 18th and then Dosi Doe on the 17th. Awesome. Well, you guys, did you hear that? You can find it, Ben Danaher. He spells it D-A-N-A-H-E-R. Um, you, he's gone all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I think I don't remember you telling me. Did you have a TikTok or you were... 
I, I do, but it's it's not worth. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth like like I don't know. I haven't even I haven't even tried to get on there. I'm. It's like I'm too late. I'm too. You know. I, I, it's yeah. It, there's there's you, way too TikTok? much action going on in there. I'm, I might as well not even try. But um, well, yeah. we're gonna play this song called All or Nothing. It's I guess you said it's one of your most upbeat songs. I love it. I love the message, and I I love you, Dan. I think you're a wonderful human being, and I can't wait to have oh, you at my you. venue. I want to have you come yeah, to to the to sanctuary. I'd love to see you at TMR. Maybe we can work that out as well. The Texas Music sure. Revolution. But um, yeah. if nothing else, I'm gonna come and see you next time you're um, in the area, and I'm free. I'll definitely be there and bring a crew because I th- I. Just think you're great and i'm so glad that you you. took the time out to do this show so thank you so much so here we go all or nothing with ben danaher and you're listening to texas homegrown music with yours truly maylee thomas and we'll be right back Baby, I don't 
Well, thank you, Ben Danaher, for that interview today and um, and for your music and for staying steadfast in this career because it's tough. I'm telling you, it's a tough thing to, to go through for years and years of um, playing live gigs and trying to make a living, but I'm certainly glad that a lot of these people stick it out and do it, and I, I know Ben's going to be one of them, and if you guys haven't seen him live, you need to do it. He's really funny. I love that most about him. He's just got such a great sense of humor, and it's a lot of fun to go listen to him. He'll make you laugh and cry and stomp your feet and feel good about life, and isn't that what we go to music for anyway? So... I really enjoy um, going out and seeing live music, and I hope to see you at a show soon. I'm going to close the day today with the Charlie Crockett. Um, I'm just a clown. I love this song. And also want to give him a shout-out. He was just engaged recently to a beautiful young lady named Taylor Day Grace. So congratulations on that. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about your nuptials soon. Uh, once again, I want to say thanks to my sponsors, the Guitar Sanctuary, of course, um, Burris Injury Law, and Tupps Brewery for making this possible every week. And uh, for all of you listeners for um, just making this a fun job for me. Keep uh, sending me those little emails. Let me know you enjoy the music. Let us know about some artists that you want to hear. And we'll see you next time right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas. Peace out, everybody. Remember to love life. You get out of it what you put into it, and we'll see you soon. Circus is coming through. That when you purchase a ticket, you expect to get a show or take a look at me. I'm just a clown, and on my face, I wear a frown. I paid the cost to hang around, so take a look at me. I'm just a clown The Joker stands in the middle And turns a trick for you Because sometimes you know it's better To be thought of as a fool or take a look at me I'm just a clown and on my face I wear a frown I've paid the cost to hang around so take a look at me I'm just a clown
what makes me wonder if I was ever here. Take a look at me. I'm just a clown. And on my face, I wear a frown. I've paid the cost to hang around. So take a look at me. I'm just a clown. 